sanctified and holy. Amen. And have a wonderful time this camp. God bless you. you. Oh my, there's some tired faces already. This is our first service. (laughs) Stand up with me. I want to sing when you're walking through the valley and the shadows are all around. We know God is good all the time. We can't sing this sitting down, at least not very well. So we're not going to, I'm not going to sing six or seven songs to try to get you pumped up for church. We're here.
every situation, our God is good. Said I found a love. That part is concealing. Said I found a
give the Lord a hand clap this evening. He's worthy of it. Amen. Blessed be the name of my God. Amen. We don't have any written prayer requests. Brother Levi, I'm going to call on you. If you would please come open the service for us in a word of prayer. And we know there's needs in all of our lives. If you've got something on your heart, I believe God can answer that need here tonight. This weekend, you don't have to wait till Sunday. God's here. He's answering prayers. He's changing lives. Do you believe that? That's the truth. Amen. So as Brother Levi comes, let's just unite our hearts together and just consecrate the service and ask the Lord to have his way. Thank you, Brother. Let's just pray. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, we're just so thankful for just another tremendous opportunity to be in your house, Lord. Lord, just thinking about all the marvelous things that you've done on this campground, Lord. Lord, we're not looking to the past, but we're looking to the present, Lord. You're a very present God. We're believing for what you have in store this weekend in this camp. Lord, we do not know what you've put on Brother Andrew's heart, but may it be exactly what we have need of. Heavenly Father, there's no written prayer requests, but we're very needy people, Lord. We have needs in the assembly. Lord, may you just go to them now and meet them, Father. May you just meet each one here tonight, whatever their need or request may be, Lord, whatever they've put in front expecting, Lord. May you meet that, but may you also do the unexpected, Father. May you just do the impossible. Lord, we're so thankful. May you just be with us the remainder of the song service, the ministering of the word. May you just put Brother Andrew aside. May you just speak right through him. Help put us aside. Help us put in what we need to put in, Father. Just be with us now. We ask you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I'm going to have you stand just as we sing one more chorus. And there's a group that's going to sing a song for us. So if you were practicing this afternoon, maybe you could just go ahead and come on up as we sing a chorus we haven't sung in a little while. In the blood of Christ, my Lord, E flat as well. Amen. And the group can just go ahead and come on up if they would, please. In the blood of Christ, my Lord. In the blood of Christ, my Lord. Oh, in the blood of Christ, my Lord. We have the victory, oh yes, we have the victory, we have the victory. It's in the blood of Christ, my Lord, that we have the victory. In the blood, it's in the blood of Christ, my Lord, in the blood of Christ, my Lord, in the blood of Christ, my Lord. We have the victory. Praise God, we have the victory. Oh, we have the victory in the blood of Christ, my Lord. We have the victory. Amen. You may have your seats. Man, God bless you. It's camp. We can kind of do whatever we want, right? No, no formalism or nothing like that here, right? Whoa. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. So Brother Andrew spoke last night, or Wednesday night, on praise, did he not? Yeah. Yes, and so my wife, we had, we'd been listening to a song a long time, and uh, she said, man, that would be a nice song. We'd, we wanted to sing it for a little while. And uh, we thought, yeah, let's, let's see if we can get a group together to sing it. And it just, you know, we ran out of time. 
And then Brother, Brother Andrew spoke, and we said, my goodness, we missed the mark. <laughs> and uh, so now we're going to take the opportunity afterwards to sing the song, and so we want to just give the God, our God glory and the praise that he's due tonight. Amen? So this is called, I Love to Sing Your Praise. All right? So we're going to sing it, and then you can just sing along with me. Let's just throw the cold chilliness and keep it outside, and let's just bring a little warmth, amen, of his presence into the, into the chapel this morning, evening, and afternoon. inside of my heart where a song of thanksgiving starts because of all of your goodness and the joy that you give I will let my song fill the
Amen. You enjoy that? Let's stand. We can sing that together. I love to sing your praise, Lord. We have much to praise Him about. We have just begun. Amen. Yeah. I'm like a racehorse. If I'm like the racehorse coming out of the chute, I can't imagine what Brother Andrew is right now. Amen. I just want to give the Lord a very, just every opportunity, every aspect of what I said, I said to a couple, but I said, I want to do my part. Amen. I know the Lord, he's, he's desiring and willing to do his part, but we got something to do ourselves. Amen. So let's do our part tonight. Let's just sing that one more time. I love to sing your praise. Amen. As we heard that, as that set the tone of even this weekend coming ahead. I love to sing your praise, Lord. Oh, I love the sound of your name. That's just my testimony as we come into this meeting. Lord, I'm going to sing your praise. Amen. Now, let's, let's turn in a little scripture as we open the service. Let's open this little next part of camp. I want you to turn to Matthew 10. Just a couple comments before we turn to the, the word and just to maybe give you a little insight to a little bit of my burden for this this weekend Matthew 10 oh my goodness I'm sorry I don't need glasses already dear goodness I'm only 41 Mark 10 I saw the M and the A and assumed the rest Mark 10 17 familiar part of scripture this is the part where we know it's the rich young ruler and Jesus was coming to speak to him, and he said, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Jesus said, Why do you call, why callest thou me good? There's none good but God. And he said, Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal. Man, he's asked him a question. What must I do that I may inherit eternal life? And so Jesus said to him, Don't steal, and don't bear false witness, don't you know, defraud not and honor thy father and mother. And the rich young ruler answered to him and said, Master, I have done all these. I have observed them from my youth. And I know many of you know this account just so uh, well. We've, we've heard it many times. Of course, we've even done a skit on this, this story. And I just was thinking, you know, everybody here, I'm, I'm including myself in this. I've been raised in the message. And all of, of you, and I'll include myself, we've been, we've been good. We've been good. In fact, I would have to say you're the best. You're the cream of, of the crop, I would, I would say this. You're, 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 you know, there isn't 
isn't better than you. I'm just going to say it. Because I can't, I can be biased. But you know, an opportunity was presented to this rich young ruler who was, I, I could say, just, uh, we say rich or good. He's done it all from his youth. He's observed it. And he was presented with an opportunity uh, and a moment Christ had come before him. And I thought in an age that's so consumed with opportunities. You know, I, we think about investing. Brother Branham speaks about investments. And I thought, well, if you had invested $1,000 during Amazon's IPO, to all of you young men, that of your future concerns, you know, if you had put $1,000 in 1997, your investment would be worth $1.3 million today. Think about it. You know, someone had that opportunity. Somebody did that and maybe even put in more. Apple stock, if you put your stock in uh, at, uh, in 97 of February and you put $1,000 in there, it would give you 134,000% increase. From that time till now, if you were presented with that opportunity, and I would wonder if you were presented with that opportunity, who would take it? Sure. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. If I said, you know what, I'm going to tell you the future in like however many years it's been with Amazon, since 97 or whatever it is, I'm going to give you the $1,000 and I'm going to guarantee you in X amount of years it's going to be worth $1.3 Who here would reject it? Okay, who would accept it? Yeah, I know. It doesn't take much to think about, does it? Brother Bram said, this young man was presented with an opportunity for an investment. And being a businessman, a ruler, of course, he had great possessions. And Jesus knowed there was much potential in this young man. And I have to say, there's much potential in every young man and young woman here tonight. He said his approach was dignified. He didn't run up like some Ricky of this day and say, come here, preach. No, he said that wasn't his approach. He said, good master. He was respectful. And see, he had found Jesus Though he'd kept the commandments, though he had been loyal, he said, but yet he'd found something in Jesus that produced life. And I would want to just say tonight, what are you doing? There's much more being presented tonight than a $1,000 IPO offering. Much, much more than, 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 you know, that's even small on comparison. It wouldn't really matter if it's gazillions of dollars. But tonight, we're presented with an opportunity, another one, thankfully, that Lord, it's another winter camp. But really... Really, what are we going to do with it? What would you, you, you do? I know you jump on the opportunity for the $1,000, but Abraham says, you know, he goes, maybe his father was one of the great trustees or an executive, and their boy had been raised to the law. He said he'd kept it reverently. He said there was something that longed to find something more. He said to find something that's real. This was the burden of his heart. And I would, just, I would pray tonight, that we would seize the opportunity this weekend. Maybe, actually, I would push tomorrow's service aside. I'd push Sunday's service aside. I'd push tomorrow morning's time aside. Say, tonight, I have an opportunity. If I was presented with a thousand, I'd take it right now. And if I was presented with eternal life, I'd ask, would you take it right now? I know you would. I know that's your heart, and I would say, I would pray that's everyone, everyone's heart tonight. As Brother Andrew, we've had him here now two past years, and we've had incredible winter camps, and I just wonder, I just wonder, what does God have in store for us tonight? I said, you know, it's one thing to preach when someone comes, and they, you don't know them for nothing, and they don't know you for nothing, and God uses them in a certain way. 
And then they come and they, they, they start to build a relationship. And then it start, it, it's different. He can, God used the vessel differently. And so God has allowed for some reason to bring a preacher three times in a row, which I can't say we've ever done before. So God has a very specific, specific opportunity tonight for each one of us here. And I wouldn't say just for young people. I'd say for counselors, for older people. I don't really care who's here or even on the Internet. But tonight... I'm just praying, let's now seize the opportunity. You know, the, 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 the saying used to, the Latin saying, carpe diem. <laughs> Who knows what that means? It's to seize the moment. What are you going to do tonight to seize it? What's your part tonight? You have a part to play. You have a part to pull. And say, Lord, I don't want to walk out of those doors Unless I have received every ounce of your presence and your filling and whatever you have in store for me tonight, I don't want to miss it. And so I'm going to take this moment, I'm going to set my face, I'm going to look with my eyes so intent on the word tonight and seize the moment, seize this moment. Amen. Is that your desire tonight? You know, if you reach your hands in a thing of sand and you grab sand and you try and grab a hold of it and it just goes out of your fingers and you really look at it and you have hardly anything left. I said, Lord, may, not that, may that not be what happens at this camp. If someone is trying to seize and it's just going out of their hands, they can't grab a hold of him tonight. Amen. Time is like sand. And after a few hours from now, this service is going to be over. And like sand, it'll just go out of your hand and you'll say, I wish I'd just pressed in just a little bit more. Amen. Let's take every moment, every word that God has, to, has in store for us tonight and receive what we have for this weekend. Amen. Why don't we sing as Brother Andrew would come as we invite him to come to the pulpit. I love the song, Welcome, Welcome, Holy Ghost, we welcome thee. I'd want to make sure that he knows exactly that he's welcome tonight. I wouldn't want the Lord, I know he sees our hearts, but I wouldn't want him to wonder if he's ever welcome. Not just here in the chapel, but he's here in my heart. He's here in this vessel. Lord, I welcome you into every area of my being. I have complexes. I have needs. I have burdens. I have desires. I welcome you to place your hand in that area. I don't want to say, no, Lord, I'm ready to press in tonight, but there's an area of my life I just don't, I'm not ready to, to, to have you speak to. No, Lord, you're welcome. Every area of my being is your free access. Amen. Let's sing that to him. Don't sing it to me. Let's sing it to him tonight as Brother Andrew would come.
welcome thee. Oh, just come, come in power. Oh, this very hour. Holy Ghost. Let's just sing one more time this evening with all our hearts. Come young people, we welcome you, Lord. Amen. I believe he's here tonight, don't you? Maybe let's just bow our hearts together and speak to him for just a moment. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we have gathered here on this first evening of these meetings, Lord, Father, we've not gathered here out of form or fashion. Lord, we've not gathered here for a show or for a production, O God. But Lord, we've gathered here that you might come in the power of your resurrection And, Lord, you might vindicate your presence among us once again as only you can do. And, Lord, we know that where you are, there is liberty. Where you are, there is deliverance. There is salvation. Lord, there is redemption. There is possibility for change. So, Father, as we come here in these first night of these meetings, we are consecrating our hearts unto thee. And, Lord, we're looking away from the situations of our life, from the problems and things, O God. For the next few days, Lord, we're endeavoring to entertain your presence as you would come among us. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would drive every spirit out of this building that's unlike the Holy Spirit, Lord. Father, these are not just church members. They're not just young people, Lord. But, Father, I believe I've had the privilege tonight to speak to Messiahs, Lord. Father, amateur gods that you've raised up in this generation to take dominion over sin, over the flesh, over the devil, O God. Father, as we endeavor to look into your word tonight, I pray you would send the spirit of wisdom and revelation into the building. And Lord, may your great Holy Spirit, may it settle down upon the hearts of your children, O God. Lord, we join our faith together tonight. Father, we ask you, Lord, forgive us of our failures. Forgive us of our shortcomings, Lord. Father, we're not gathering here for just another camp or, or just another gathering. But, oh God, we're, we're gathering here, Lord, for the, for the preparation of that great final exodus, oh God. We're going to leave here one of these mornings, Lord. So, Lord, I pray you would come in a special way tonight. May you take your word, Lord. May you help me to get myself out of the way. But, Lord, may you not only anoint me to get myself out of the way to minister your word, but, Lord, may you anoint the hearers, Father, to get themselves out of the way that, Lord, your word can move 
moving among us and it could do great things among us, Lord. We drive out the spirit of heaviness, oh God. Or we drive out the spirit of human effort, oh God. And Lord, we invite the liberty of the Holy Ghost to come and have the right of way among us here for the next few days. Save hearts, oh God. Fill empty vessels, Lord. Refresh with your presence, God. Lord, may you heal our sick, Lord. May you deliver the bound. May you have your way among us. And we'll be sure to give thee all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. And all the believers says, Amen. And amen. You love the Lord this evening. Amen. I believe you do. Amen. We greet you tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to say once again, it is a real honor to be here. We thank you, Brother Tom, for the invitation to come back. And Brother Michael, amen, to be here. Amen. To have this opportunity once again to speak to the the young people, the bride of Jesus Christ. I, I don't look at you as the church of tomorrow. I look at you as the church of today. Uh, simply because we're not promised tomorrow. Amen. But while we have today, amen, let's take advantage of what God has revealed to us in the generation that we're living in. Amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, we'll go straight to the Word. We'll invite you in the book of Exodus, the second chapter. The book of Exodus, the second chapter. Um, Brother, I don't know if it would be possible to take the congregation mics out and just leave my mic in my ear. Just in the ear would be great. Amen. In Exodus, the second chapter, amen, we want to look here tonight in Exodus chapter 2 and verse 23. I know this is a very, a very familiar reading to you. Yeah, it's a lot better. Thank you. Amen. In Exodus 2, it's speaking of God, amen, coming down to deliver Israel. And I, I have to say, I believe that this is the hour, amen, of deliverance. Amen. I believe this is the hour when God, amen, is delivering his people. And again, and here in Exodus, the second chapter in the 23rd verse, the Bible said it came to pass in the process of time that the king of Egypt died and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage. And they cried, now watch this, and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. So they were not just crying out in vain, but they were crying, and their cry was not being unheard, but it was actually heard by God. And God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham and with Isaac and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel And God had respect unto them. Amen. I love that God had divine favor. God had respect unto them. We ask the Lord this afternoon to bless the reading of his word as you can have your seats here this evening. Amen. From those scriptures tonight, just to uh, maybe open the meetings here again uh, with you this year, maybe just to uh, take a thought here tonight, if I would title this, I want to speak to you on pulling on and from the word of liberation. Amen. Pulling on and from the word of liberation. You know, I believe tonight that it's not the man that liberates. I believe that it is the word that liberates the church. Now, when you look at this word liberation, it is the act of setting someone free, amen, from imprisonment or slavery or oppression. It is to release, it is to take the freedom, amen, and take freedom from limits on thought or behavior. So when something is liberated, it is actually bringing a freedom to it. It is, amen, bringing a release to it. Now, in the message of the angel of God, 1947, Brother Bama said, may every heart here be circumcised. May the ears be circumcised 
circumcised to hear the word of God and circumcise the lips of thy servant to speak that which is right. He said, may great powers be brought forth this afternoon in liberation for the people. Amen. May great powers be brought forth this afternoon in liberation for the people. And may everyone that comes to the platform, may they come with that one single mind. This is my time and I shall be liberated. Amen. This is my time and I shall be liberated. If others are, so can I. Amen. Amen. I think we ought to make that the theme of this meeting. This is my time and I shall be liberated. If others are, amen, so can I. And may they not be silent, but in the city walk the streets and testify this next week, giving praise and glory to God. May it start even the merchants and all. Amen. Father, until there's a great awakening here, they might know that the Spirit of God still has preeminence anywhere. He said you can pierce into the darkest places, amen, and pull those out who are crying. Amen. You can pierce into the darkest of places, amen, and he can pull those out who are crying. Again, the prophet of God said, and hear ye him. He said, brother, we ought to preach, amen, the liberation from sin. I believe that, that the prophet of God, amen, gave a declaration to this generation and said we should, amen, preach the liberation from sin. Now, you all know what sin is, right? Amen, sin is unbelief. So we should preach, amen, the liberation from unbelief. Now, I believe that we ought to preach the word of liberation, amen, but I believe we also should pull on the word of liberation. I I don't believe that it should just be the preacher doing all the work and, Amen. Laying the word out there and hoping something might tickle your ear somewhere and you might say amen. Amen. But I believe this is the time, amen, to go beyond all the limitations and all the thoughts and all the, amen, all the complexes and all the oppressions and all the pressures of the evil one. Amen. And move into a place of liberation. Amen. By the word of God. Now, when you look at this word pull, it means to exert force on, amen, someone or something. It is so, amen, as to cause movement towards oneself. It is an act of taking a hold of something, amen, and exerting force to draw it toward one. It is a force that is drawing someone, amen, or something in a particular direction, amen, or course of action. Amen. So here we are being told, amen, that we actually exert force on God, amen, by crying out to him. That's what Israel was doing, amen, when they was in the mud pits of Egypt, amen, they began to cry out to God, amen, and God began to hear their cry amen and as God began to hear their cry their cry actually pulled God amen to his covenant to remember amen that he said I will deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptian and when they come out they will come out with great substance I believe amen that as a believer we have a God given right amen to draw on God amen and to pull on God Is that okay? I believe it. I believe we have a right, amen, to draw on God and to pull on God. Brother Ram says it very beautiful. He says every true believer, amen, is in the hand of God and can draw from his love and his power and they can receive the full benefit of all, amen, that God is to the believer. How many believers have I got here tonight? Amen. If you are a believer, you have a right, amen, to pull on God, to exert a force on God, amen, and you have a right to receive everything 
everything, amen, that God promised in his word that he would be to a believer. Amen, if he promised he would be a savior to the believer, amen, you have a right to pull, amen, the attribute of salvation out of God, amen, into manifestation in your life. If he said he would be a deliverer, then you have a right, amen, to pull on God and to receive a manifestation of what his word made a covenant with you that he would be to you in the generation that you're living in. I'll say this, I don't believe we're just pulling. You know, amen, I know it's kind of been a little bit of a, a little bit of a discussion here lately that people get a little too loud, a little too emotional. Amen. And maybe we ought to quiet down the way we're hearing the word. Amen. But I don't believe I'm preaching to a bunch of Pentecostal babies. Amen. That's just making a bunch of noise. And amen. There's no depth in it. There's no power in it. Amen. But I believe I'm preaching to people that are pulling. Amen. On the word of God. Amen. And they're not just pulling on the word. Amen. But they are receiving the manifestation. Amen. Of the word that they're pulling on. Now you all know that whatever we draw from God, amen, is coming from an unseen source, right? Amen. And I believe that we are pulling on God, amen, and we are receiving from the source, amen, through Christ. Now, Brother Ben preaches a very beautiful message. He calls it awakening Jesus. And he said it must have been a hard day for him. Amen. He was tired. His body was worn out. You know, as he went along, amen, the people, they drew God out of him. Amen. Now you all know in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. In other words, God is a spirit. Amen. And they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Right? Amen. God is a spirit. Amen. But when you've seen Jesus, you've seen the God. Amen. The spirit manifested in the flesh. In other words, you were not pulling. Amen. On the seed of Joseph or from the womb of Mary amen but you was pulling on the God amen that was the God of Genesis in the creation in the beginning has now veiled himself into the flesh of his son amen and as they were pulling on him amen they were drawing their desires from him amen Second Chronicles 15 verse 15 said that all of Judah rejoiced at the oath amen for they had sworn with all their hearts and they had sought him with their whole desire and he was found of them and the Lord gave rest round about them. I love Psalms 27 4. David said one thing have I desired of the Lord and that will I seek after. Amen. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Amen. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Psalm 63 verse 1 David again says oh God. Amen. Thou art my God. Amen. Early will I seek thee. Amen. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Amen. Now look what David's desire was. His desire was to see, amen, thy power and thy glory. Amen. So as I have seen thee in thy sanctuary. Amen. David said, I want to see more than a piece of wood. I want to see more than a stone. I want to see more than a God that used to move. Amen. But I want to see the God of history. Amen. Come into action. Amen. In the power of his word and in the glory of his presence. Amen. I love Isaiah 26, 9. He said, with my soul. Amen. Have I desired thee. Amen. In thy night. Yea with my spirit within me. Amen. Will I seek thee early. For when thy judgments are in the earth. Amen. The inhabitants of the world. Amen. Will learn of thy righteousness. Amen. In Psalms 38 verse 9. Amen. I love this. David said Lord. Amen. All my desire is before thee. 
Amen. All my desire is before thee. Amen. And my groaning is not hid from thee. In other words, David is saying, Amen. All the longings of my heart, Amen, is before thee. Amen. My appetite is before thee. Amen. The secrets of my life are before thee. Amen. Everything about me. Amen. The things my mama don't know and the things my daddy don't know and the things the preacher don't know. Amen. When it comes to you, God, amen, all the desires of my heart, amen, are uncovered before you. Amen. And my groanings is not hid from me. Amen. My cryings is not hid from thee. Amen. Look at this word groaning. It is the sigh. Amen. Or to groan. It is the expression. Amen. Of grief or physical distress. Amen. So here David is saying, amen, my desires, amen, are not hid from thee and neither are my groanings. Amen. Brother Bram said, if your desire, amen, in your heart is right and your appetite's right and you'll eat and do the right thing, amen, it's in your heart to do it. Can I say this, young people? You didn't come to camp just to be seen. Amen. Now, if I got to do the preaching and the amen, and it's going to take twice as long to get out of here, okay? Amen. You didn't come to camp just to be seen. You didn't come to camp just to be heard. Amen. But you came here because there's a desire in your heart. In other words, you're desiring something from God. You are desiring God. You are desiring a healing. You are desiring a deliverance. You are desiring an answer. Amen. Then let me say, before you had the desire, amen, God had the satisfaction, amen, to the desire that is in your soul. Amen. Oh, there is a deep that is calling unto the deep. Amen. And if the noise of that water spouts, amen, he will answer me. Amen. Before there was a desire for more of God, there was more of God for you to have. Before there was a desire for the Holy Ghost, there was a Holy Ghost for you to have. Before there was a desire for a victory, there was a victory for you to have. And I say, Satan, you will not defeat. Amen. The pride of Jesus Christ. Amen. We're going to pull on God. We're going to cry out to God. We're going to exert force on God until the invisible God comes visible in the sanctuary and our desires are pulled right out of Him. When I think of that, my desires, amen, is of Him. Amen. Thank you, Brother Tom. Amen. I'll say this. We're not feeding just on camp food, even though it's good. Amen. We are feeding on the Word. And as we are feeding on the Word, it is putting faith in our heart. Amen. To receive the desires of our heart. Brother Bram said, I don't know. He's speaking of this new ministry. He said, when this will take place again, Lord. Amen. Maybe this morning. See, maybe it'll happen again in the tabernacle today. Amen. Trusting that it will, Lord. Amen. Trusting that you'll put faith in the people's heart. Amen. And know that I haven't misled or said one thing wrong. I said it just the way it come. Amen. To the best I know in my heart, Lord. Amen. Watching my words and weighing them and knowing you have confirmed that to me as I've said seven times. Amen. And knowing immediately after that on the first human being I ever spoke to, she got the desire of her heart. Amen. The moment that she spoke. Amen. Now you all know where I'm at. Amen. I'm down in Hattie Wright's house. Amen. And a prophet is talking about, amen, seven squirrels had just come into manifestation. Amen. By the power of the spoken word. And there was a little widow woman, amen, whose sons was running from God. Amen. But the desires of her heart, amen, and the groanings of her heart, amen, was not hid from God. Oh, hallelujah. She had a desire in her heart, amen, for the salvation of her two boys. 
And when a prophet began to speak, amen, the same God that heard the cry of Israel, heard the cry of Hattie and he came on the scene and he delivered them two boys. He said, now, Lord, there's many desires in here this morning. Amen. You'll have to anoint your servant, Lord, if you'll just send the anointing and let me have it this morning. If anyone should need, you should speak it to me, Lord. And when they speak or whoever you wish, amen, and let it come to pass. Listen, young people, I'm not here to get you, amen, to move by my personality. I'm not here to lift up a gift before you. I'm here to tell you, amen, that this message, amen, is the the vindicated it's the absolute word of Almighty God. And you ain't got to wait till Andrew Glover lays his hands on you or Andrew Glover prays for you. Amen. But the same God that was with William Branham is with the message of the hour. And while the word is being preached, the desires of your heart, amen, can come into manifestation. Listen, I believe there was a, I believe there was a direct connection, amen, between the third pool and the manifestation of the desires of the heart. Now let me say this, if you're going to receive anything from God, you've got to get your spirit in condition to receive it, amen, when it comes, amen, and not resent it. Amen, somebody say receive and not resent. Amen, receive and not resent. The prophet said if you've got a resenting audience, amen, then the Holy Spirit won't even reveal. He said you've got to have something that is working together. Amen. Remember Acts 2? They were in one place, in one accord, and suddenly the Holy Ghost came. He said, see, no matter how much I would pray, I would lay day and night and study and pray before the Lord. If I walk down here, and maybe the anointing is on me, amen, but I walk up here, and I feel that resentment. See, it just grieves him right away. He won't reveal nothing. But when you walk down here and you're under the anointing and you feel your audience under the anointing, amen, that's when the Holy Spirit begins to work and he begins to move and he begins to do great things for us. Then what that tells me is it takes more than the preacher, amen, and the musicians, amen, to operate the work of God. Amen. But the work of God is operated by the energy of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, when you look at this word operate, it is of a person, amen, that controls the functioning, amen, of a machine or a process or a system. Y'all remember, Brother Bram talked about preaching, amen, on Job. And he was talking about Job on the ash heap. Amen. Job on the ash heap. And Brother Bram said after a while, he said somebody come to him and say, when are you going to get Job off the ash heap? Remember that? Amen. He took it and told a story about a preacher said every time he got up to preach he said repent amen repent amen repent so they come to him and they said brother ain't you got another sermon ain't you got something else to preach amen all you're saying is repent 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 he said well when you get to repent we'll move on in other words if you want to change the way the service is going amen get out of your feelings and get in the word of God if you want to change amen the atmosphere in the building it's going to take more than a song it's going to take more than a preacher it's going to take some believers amen recognizing who God is amen and the power of his word amen I believe that the prophet of God introduced to us a beautiful term when he said what it takes is the operation of a Holy Spirit he said when the people's faith amen gets up to 
to a place they'll get the blessings, amen, to realize it's theirs, amen, then the same operation of the Holy Spirit will be operating in the church like it did back there. Amen. God in his mercy through the operation of the Holy Spirit, amen, he reveals spiritual truth, the word itself. Amen. Now as God reveals himself, we receive faith, amen, by the revelation of himself taking preeminence in the body. Amen. And to receive that, we will receive what we have need of. He said, may our lives be so fitted, amen, with the word that the word will become flesh among us. Amen. That the word will become flesh among us and will give the people faith. Amen. To draw from their account in heaven, which Jesus settled for them long ago. Amen. For their sin and sickness. Amen. As they're in the journey. Amen. So here's a prophet saying every believer that comes to God has an account in heaven. Amen. And at that day at Calvary, amen, when Jesus Christ cried these words, it is finished. He deposited, amen, by the finished work at Calvary, amen, the blood into your account, amen, to save your soul, amen, to heal your body, to deliver your life. Listen, friends, I'm not here tonight, amen, putting money in your account and then trying to work you up, amen, to receive what is in your account. I have come here, amen, to tell you that this is a predestinated, finished work of Jesus Christ, amen, it wasn't settled when you come to the altar, it wasn't settled when you heard the message. It was settled in the back part of God's mind. Listen, everything you have need of is already in your account. Come on, everything you have need of is already in your account. You say, Brother Andrew, I need a miracle. It's in your account. Brother Andrew, I need a deliverance. It's in your account. Brother Andrew, I need an answer. It's in your account. Brother Andrew, I need a healing. It's in your account. Amen. Brother Andrew, I need something from God. It's in your account. Are you with me? It's in your account. Then what we're doing, amen, is we are preaching the word of liberation. And you are pulling on the word of liberation. And as you are pulling on the word of liberation, it is liberating you from the spirit of unbelief. Amen. To believe that Jesus Christ, amen, has made you, amen, the beneficiary of a finished work on Calvary. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. I'm just going to say it. Isaiah 53 is not being finished. It is finished. Amen. Isaiah 53 is in the word. And the prophet of God said he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace. Amen. Was upon him and with his stripes we were healed. Amen. Can I tell y'all something? Amen. My God don't start a job one day and finish it six months later. My God don't start something one week and two years later finish it. But Sister Ella, Brother Bram said all in the same day. Amen. By the same man. Amen. Isaiah 53. Amen. Was completed in the same day by the same man. He said it is inseparable. He said run parallel. Amen. One to the other. Amen. The blood coming from his back and the ones coming from his wound. Amen. Mixed together. Amen. And notice where they ran. They ran to his feet. Come on, church. Amen. The blood from his back. Amen. Met the blood from his side. Amen. And it met at his feet. And you know what the feet is? It's a sign of judgment. Amen. When the foot is put on something, it is a sign that it is finished. And that day on Calvary, amen, was the birth of the mighty conqueror of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, friends, the foot of God has been put on the head of the devil. The foot of God has been put on your sin. It has been put on your sickness. 
sickness. It has been put on your infirmity. Amen. You don't have to carry it no longer. You don't have to struggle with it no longer. You don't have to battle with it no longer. Amen. The word of liberation has come into this building tonight in the form of the message of the hour. Amen. To announce unto you salvation, healing, peace, satisfaction, joy. Everything we have need of in the earthly journey was met in Calvary. Oh, somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Brother Tom, I just think about that blood as it come from his back and it ran from his side and it met together, Brother Murphy. And where did it meet? It met at his feet. Now, when you were in Christ, you weren't put in at the altar. You weren't put in there when you were dedicated. You were put in him from before the foundation of the world. He said, just like when a tree is planted in the ground, he said, it begins to drink. He said, now what it's got to do is it's got to drink more than its portion. Amen. Now, come on, church. You're not a bunch of Pentecostal babies. You are sons and daughters of an adoption message. Amen. The word has been laid across your life. Amen. And there is potentials in you. Amen. To be more than just nominal. Amen. To be more than just fluke. Corn. Amen. But if you're going to get anywhere with God, you got to change your capacity and start drinking some more and start eating some more. I might as well preach. I'm here. Amen. One tape on Sunday ain't going to cut it. Amen. One service a week ain't going to cut it. Amen. One camp meeting a year ain't going to cut it. Amen. You got to break out. Amen. Into a dimension with God. Amen. To believe that He is the God of the impossible. He is the God of the oh, hallelujah. I'm talking about somebody that's going to begin to pull on God. They're going to drink from the well. They're going to feed from the table. And they're going to push out everything. Amen. They have need of in this life. Amen. I'm talking about an earthly journey. Amen. I'm going somewhere. The prodigal God said, if God in his mercy has the mother before the little baby is born. Amen. It's craving for some vitamin. And the mother's word speaks forth and says, Dad, I want a cantaloupe. Or I want a watermelon or something other. He said, wow, he'll do everything he can. Amen. To get that because he's a because he wants his child, he meant to be born as perfect as it can be. He said, now the natural father will do everything he can, amen, because he wants his child to be born as perfect as he can be. He said, now how much more abler is he, amen, to get it? He's a creator. So a prophet turns it, amen, from the, from the natural father, amen, unto the spiritual father and says he is a creator. He said, how much more able is he to prepare us a body, amen, to live like his own glorious body if we want to live? Amen. Now can I preach to you now. Amen. There is something in us. Amen. That calls to live. Somebody say there is something in us. There is something in us. Amen. That calls to live. Amen. Now watch this. And there is something in us. Amen. That calls to do right. Amen. There's something in you calling to live. There's something in you calling to do right. Amen. Now watch. If there's something in you calling. Amen. Then God will call somebody on the platform or the pulpit. Amen. That will preach the absolute truth. Well, we might as well go ahead and have church. We're here. Amen. If there's something in you calling to live and there's something in you calling to do right, amen, then God will hear that cry and God will call somebody to the pulpit, amen, to take the word of liberation and begin to preach the absolute truth. He said, see, it shows you, amen, then if you're a real child of God, amen, if you're a real child of God, amen, something called in you to live, something called, are you with me now? Something called in you to do right. And 
send something called a preacher to the pulpit. Amen, Brother Jack, to preach. Amen, the absolute truth. Amen, that if you are a true child of God, when that absolute truth begins to be preached, you'll begin to cry out these words. God, take it away from me. Circumcise me from this. Amen, take these things away from me. Amen, can I say it in other words? Liberate me. Are you hearing me? Amen. If we got so formal that we can't respond to the word no more and say, God, I'm sorry of the thing. I repent of the thing. Liberate me from the thing. Liberate me from the spirit. Liberate me from the complex. Liberate me from the sickness. Liberate me from the devil of depression. Liberate me from the devil of inferiority. Liberate me, oh God, until the word of God can find a place of refuge in my life. Hallelujah. Amen. This word is needed for more than just to get you out of Laodicea. It's needed for your heavenly home that you're going to where he's gone to prepare. See, you got to be a real word bride of Christ. you got to be a real word bride of Christ. Then if you're going to liberate this bride, it's going to take the word to do it. Now, might as well preach I'm here because it's a spiritual warfare when we are living in the maturity of spirits when those two spirits amen that started in Genesis have now come to a head in the book of Revelation the prodigal God said what are those spirits he said they are the true spirits and they are the false spirits amen now can I say this amen I believe amen it's a few years back somebody introduced the idea that there is a true fivefold ministry and there is a false fivefold ministry Right? Is this okay? Amen. What they did, Brother Murphy, is they, be, they attempted to identify, amen, what the true fivefold ministry was and what the false fivefold ministry was. Amen. But can I say this? They were too late. We already had a prophet. <laughs> they were too late. We already had the seventh angel. And he said, amen, the vindicated, identified characteristic, amen, of the true ministry is they will preach the word. Come on now. Amen. If it's a true fivefold minister, they're not going to tell you what they think about it. They're not going to sit down and push play. They're not going to back up and let somebody else do it. They're going to stand there and they're going to preach the word. They're going to be instant in season, out of season. They're going to rebuke the church. They're going to correct the church. They're going to establish doctrine in the church. Amen. Because the true fivefold ministry only preaches, amen, the absolute truth. Well, I'm starting to feel good now. Amen. The true fivefold ministry only preaches the absolute truth. Amen. That's why we got so much bondage and confusion in the house of God. It's because we've had personalities invade the pulpit and they've taught things contrary to what a prophet taught. And so because nobody wants to offend nobody, we follow the personality. But I say, Satan, in the name of Jesus Christ, we expose you by the word of God. We're not following personalities. We're not following sensation. We are following the vindicated absolute truth. And it is the only thing that will circumcise our lives from the devils of Laodicea. Amen. Amen. Anybody want to get free? Come on, church. You want to get free? It takes the word to liberate you. It takes the word to liberate you. Come on, don't get mad at me. Amen. I may walk off the scene and be gone tomorrow. Amen. I may go on to glory. Amen. But the word will still be here. 
Come on, I know. Well, we might as well preach. Amen. God might take any one of the preachers home. Amen. Have we built on preachers? Have we built on men's gifts? Have we built on men's abilities? Or have we come back to the landmark of the church, which is the message of the hour? Listen, I didn't come here to establish you on Andrew Glover. I didn't come here to join you to Andrew Glover. I come here to harness you to the way and the truth and the life. And his name is Jesus Christ. And the means by which you will leave Laodicea and go into a rapture is by the message of the hour. Come on, church. I think it's time, amen, to lay aside everything contrary to the message and climb back up to the top and say the message is the ensign, the message is the compass, the message is the guide. It's the absolute. It's the ultimate. It's the supreme power. Come on, church. William Branham didn't take a seat in the middle of the table in the vision and knoweth it not. He sat at the head of the table and there was a white headdress around his head and they said, Sir, you are chief authority. Well, you know what I say? I salute chief authority. I salute the seventh angel as the vindicated voice of direction in the age I'm living in. Now, the true fivefold ministry is going to preach the absolute truth. Now, in John 8, 31, the Bible said, Then he said, Jesus, to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my feelings, then are ye my disciples indeed. That's not what the Bible says. If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Did y'all catch something? It didn't say the truth would set you free. Brother Gab had said the truth would make you free. In other words, if the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. That word make means to set at liberty from the dominion of sin. And the prophet of God said there's something calling in you to live. There's something calling in you to do right. Then God calls a man to the pulpit that will preach the absolute truth and the absolute truth is the word which will liberate you from the dominion of sin. The prophet of God said, what is it? He said just before the liberation of the people, amen, the liberation time is here. Now can I say this to you. Amen. The word will always be the truth. Can we say this together? The word will always be the truth. Proud of God said you believe in the truth and the truth will always speak for itself. You never have to strain truth. Truth will always be truth. He said the truth will never make you popular. Amen. But the truth will make you honest. And that's one good thing. Well, hadn't you rather be honest than be popular? Another place he said, God, now this is your prophet. He said, God would not let me tell you part truth and not the rest of it truth. Amen. He wouldn't stand for that. Amen. Because God is all truth. Amen. Can I say this to you? Amen. Then his truth, amen, is manifested in his love and his attitude towards you. The prophet of God said if you can heal one person with cancer, you can heal, heal everyone with cancer. He has healed every one of you that's got cancer. The only thing you have to do is just accept it. So I'm just his servant here in a vindication that he, amen, through his grace might come down on me and speak through this channel and to vindicate his presence with you. Are you ready for this? He isn't dead. 
He isn't dead. He isn't in a grave. He isn't in the cross. He's with you even in you until the end of the age. Amen. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. If you know the truth, now that is the truth if I speak these things. Amen. Can I say this to you? Amen. We believe in the spirit and the truth. And we believe that the spirit only comes to the word because John 16, 13 said, when he, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. Amen. And he will show you things to come. Can you kind of preach to you for a minute? Amen. When the spirit of truth is come, that word come means to come from one place to another and it is used of both persons arriving at the same place. It is to appear. It is to make one's appearance. Amen. Listen to this. It is to come or fall into. Amen. Listen. Amen. To show itself, to come forth. Amen. To find a place or influence. So when he, the spirit of truth is come, he will not be left roaming without a place of influence. Denomination will put him out. Society will reject him. Laodicea will shut the door in his face. Amen. But there will be a virgin broom of the bride of Jesus Christ who will receive the spirit of truth. And when she receives the spirit of truth, she will not just be stimulated by the spirit of truth. She will not just be enthused or excited by the spirit of truth, but she will be liberated by the spirit of truth and the spirit of truth will find a place of influence. Well, somebody shout amen. He said, see, it's the Spirit of God always comes to the Word. I love this. He said, now remember, the Word of God is a vision, right? Amen. So the Spirit of truth is, amen, the Spirit of truth. You say, that's a double negative. No, it's a, it's a positive. The Spirit of truth is the Spirit of truth. He's not a spirit. He's the Spirit. Brother said, now see, what we must do is we must line up with God's Word. Now, can I say this? Amen. Satan does not want... Amen. The, the, the absolute truth preached, which is the message. Can I say this? He does not want you to hear it. Amen. And he does not want you to pull on it. He does not want you to hear it. And he does not want you to pull on it. Now, I'm going to say this. Sometimes he'll let you hear it. But he'll do everything in his power. Amen. To keep you from pulling on it. Amen. I see it. I see it right now. Amen. Devil trying his best to get some of you all. Amen. Distracted. And what time is it? What are we going to do after church? And what are we going to do to Amen. You know who that is? That's not you. That's the devil who don't want you to hear this word. He don't want you to exert force on this word. Amen. Because when you begin to exert force on this word, you begin to pull on God and your desires begin to come manifestation in the church. Amen. There is a reason why Satan does not want you to pull on the gift of God. He does not want you to pull on the word. And the prophet said, here's why. Amen. Because God has come in the midst of the people and their faith has drawn out supernatural words explaining to them their life or what have they done or what they must do and what will be. Do you realize you right now have the ability to control this service? Now don't get mad at me. You have the ability, amen, to control what I'm preaching. You have the ability right now to say, God, I need an answer. God, I need a deliverance. God, I have a desire. And you know what God does? Amen, you'll be like that woman in Memphis. Amen, she got a hold of God. And God got a hold of his prophet. And God grounded a plane and led his prophet right to her house. Listen, friends, I'm already off the plane. Amen, we're already out of Canada. We've already gathered here in Mount Baker. 
then don't you think it's time to take the brakes off? Don't you think it's time to take the restrictions off? Don't you think it's time, amen, to take the limits off and let the supernatural, amen, word of almighty God become a pillar of fire in the house of God and you pull on that word until you pull supernatural words that Andrew Glover knows nothing about, that Tom Ray or Michael Ray or Murphy Wong, they know nothing about, amen, but it don't, we don't need to know it, God knows it. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Amen. This is a supernatural mountain. This is a supernatural camp. This is a supernatural place where the supernatural God comes into action. Hallelujah. I'm talking about pulling on God. Now, you know why Satan don't want you to pull on God? It's because when you begin to pull on God, you start tapping into hidden power. Come on, you start tapping into hidden power. And the prophet said, amen, that's why we try to bring our churches today with the highest steeple or the prettiest pews or the best dressed crowd. That, that don't break the toehold. That don't break the toehold. He said, no, it takes the hidden power of the Spirit of God, that word in there, to break the power. Can I say this? What God needs, amen, is some preachers and some churches with some spiritual courage, amen, to say what is the absolute truth concerning the Word of God. He said, see, He is with us. That is our armor. It's Him. He is the Word. He is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is in us, which is the Word making the promise manifest. This is the promise. Amen. Christ is the word and he makes it manifest. The spirit quickens the word. Are y'all ready for this? In other words, he's the powder that sends the bullet out there with it. He said, how did David meet Goliath? He said he met him with a slingshot and a rock. He said one was F-A-I-T-H and the other was J-E-S. He said when he got those two together, he said something. Amen. Was going to happen. He said, cause there's the word there's the promise and there's the power to sling it. Well, let me say this. I believe we have the word. I believe we have the promise. I believe we have the power. Amen. We just need some Davids. Amen. To accept the challenge and to pick up the slingshot and to grab a rock. Amen. And take that devil's head off and remind him who we are. Come on, church. It ain't going to be easy. You're going to have to... Oh, God. Well, I might as well preach that. Amen. I you're going to have to learn how to press. We're going to have to learn how to press. And the part of God said that's what we need today is a man that will take God's word with the power of the Holy Ghost behind him to press it out there. Amen. I'm telling you right now, I'm fighting devils right now. Amen. But Brother Silas, that devil is defeated. Amen. Because I'm not a coward. I'm not a Saul. I'm a David. Come on, church. We're not a bunch of cowards. Amen. That tuck tail and run back in the cave. We're David's here. And we'll stand here and we'll press that word. And we'll press that word. And we'll press that word until we begin to see it. Amen. Come to pass in the church of the living God. I think it's time to get back to pressing again. I think it's time to get back to pulling again. I think it's time to get back to preaching again. I think it's time to get back to having church again. I think it's time to get back to when the Holy Ghost came and the spirit was manifested and the deliverances took place and the miracles took place. Come on, you know what we need? We don't need your education. We don't need your excuses. We just need an atmosphere that is conducive to a miracle. We just need an atmosphere that's a word of liberation. 
I'm talking about the word of liberation coming in the church. Now listen to me. Amen. This word of liberation is not dull, it's sharp. It's not dull, it's sharp. According to Revelation 1, the prod of God said, there was a sevenfold personage. Okay, to teach here a minute. There was a sevenfold personage that John saw of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you go read Revelation 1, he'll break them all sevenfold down. When he comes to the fourth one, he said his voice was as the sound of many waters. You know what the prophet of God connected that to? He connected that to the preaching of the word of God. He connected that to the preaching of of the absolute truth. Amen. But then he come down and he said, now watch, out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. Now I can take that to Hebrews 4.12, can I? For the word of God is quick, it is powerful, and it is sharper than any two-edged sword. It is piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner, amen, of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and preach since I'm here. Amen. Don't you ever let the devil convince you amen that the man is the discerner amen the word is the discerner Come on, church. Amen. I, I learned that from Brother Bisco years ago listening. Amen. It was not William Branham. It was the word that was veiled in the flesh that was discerning the thoughts of the intents in the heart. Now, you all know what that was doing, don't you? That was building up confidence. Amen. For the third pool, which is the bride's pool. We are not looking for a repeat of the sign of the Messiah. We are not looking for some man to come back in the church and say, I see, I feel, I think, I so yeah, amen, we've done seen that without one fall. We've seen the accuracy of the Messiah sign. We have come to Mount Zion to the word and the word alone and we are standing on the word of liberation as the ability to deliver the people. Are you hearing me? It's the word that does it, young man. It's the word that does it. It's not my actions. It's not my preaching. It's the word of liberation coming in the church that brings a victory in the house of God. Somebody shout the word. It's the word. It's the word. Brother Bram said, it is the word. It is performing whereunto it is sent. It is the word and it is full of power. It is the same spirit that was in Jesus. The word is present again in the church in this last age as a last sign. Amen. Trying to head the people off from judgment. Now watch a prophet. Paul said the word came in power as well as voice. The word came in power as well as voice. He said, now what happened was the word preached. It actually demonstrated itself. It was like a flaming cutting sword and it went to the consciousness of men. And like a surgeon's knife, it cut out the diseases and it set the captives free. Listen, don't get mad at me right now. Amen. But you all ought to be pulling like you've never pulled before. Amen. You say, well, Brother Andrew, we're not pulling on you. You're exactly right. But you're pulling on the word of liberation and if you start pulling on that word you'll start receiving from that word everywhere those early believers went they went what preaching the gospel the word and confirmed the word with signs following can I say this that was the word in action can I say this? That word has never failed in the mouths of believing Christians. Can I say this? And in this last age, in this last age, it is here stronger and greater than ever in the true word bride. 
glory to God. Probably God said, little flock, you minority, hold on to that word. Fill your mouth and heart with it. And someday God will give you the kingdom. Can I tell you what this word is? It's not legalism. It's not a code of morals. It's not a bunch of standards. This word is promises. And the prophet of God said, this bride will manifest all the promises. Amen. That the word has spoke of her. Reverend said, truly the Bible is full of promises. Every promise is real. Amen. Can I say this to you? Every promise is real. Will you hold that in your heart? Every promise is real. And every promise is ours. Every promise is real, and every promise is ours. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. Every promise is real, and every promise is ours. Then we are not the inheritors of a bunch of dead promises that don't have the power to bring forth. We are the beneficiaries of every promise in the Word, and those promises are real. Now watch what a prophet said. And Lord, you died that these prophets, that these promises rather, might be fulfilled in us. So the blood from his back and the blood from his side ran together and met at his foot. That the promises of his word might come into your life and every devil that tried to stop it would be defeated. What are you saying, Brother Andrew? Well, Brother Andrew, God promised us a bride's revival and I'm looking for the bride's revival. Well, quit wasting your time. I'm looking for it. No, you're looking at it. The bride's revival is happening. Come on, young people. It's happening. You say, Brother Andrew, the bride's revival. The bride's revival is not shouting. The, uh, come on now. The bride's revival is not dancing. The bride's revival is not a return of 1906 or gifts out of order. Amen. The bride's revival, amen, is the manifestation of those seven thunders that would literally turn our hearts back to the faith of the fathers. And out of those thunders would come a rapturing faith. Listen, friends, rapturing faith ain't coming from gifts. It's coming from the word that has been revealed in the age you're living in. Hallelujah. I say devil back up. We know who we are. We know what we're following. We're not following Saul. We're following General Jesus. And he has told us that this word is here greater and stronger than ever before. Oh, glory to God. I tell you what, the bride's revival is happening. Now, if I tell you it's happening, that devil says, no, it's not. But I'm going to challenge you to believe it. Is that okay? Brother M stands in the trial, 1964, Tampa, and says, I challenge you to believe that Jesus Christ is revealed in the form of the Son of Man in human flesh through the bride's body. Brother Tom, something in you was calling to live right. Something in you, young people, something in you was calling, amen, to do right. Amen. So God called a preacher to the pulpit to turn to Luke 17, 30 and say, this message is the answer to your call. This message is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, returned in the Son of Man form. Hallelujah. He's not just being revealed in the flesh of the seventh angel. He's being revealed in the flesh of the bride. Watch a prophet accept his call. 
And what you're saying right now is, I can't. And you know why you're saying that? It's because you're letting some devil bind you in the presence of the liberated word. And you know what I say? I say that devil is an offense. Listen, I'll preach if i got to preach by myself. That devil is an offense. That devil's not welcome in the presence of the liberating word. That devil's not welcome in the house of God. We didn't come here to be all bound up and all tied up and all restricted and all limited. We come here that the Son should make us free. And if He makes us free, we will be free. If the word begins to be preached and you begin to pull on that word then that liberating word it'll liberate you and will set you free now I say it's time to take advantage of it I say it's time to have winter camp I say it's time to have church I say it's time to take the restrictions off I think it's time to fire the devil. I think it's time, amen, to take our liberty. I think it's time to have church again. Are you with me? I think it's time for us to recognize, amen, that God has not provided us partial. He has provided us the best. Now, can I tell you what that is? Brother Bram said there's no better way for the baby to get what he wants than to cry for it. There's no better way for the baby to get what he wants than cry for it. He said, as Dr. Bosworth said, the baby that cries the loudest, amen, gets the best service. Well, if my crying is getting on your nerves, then you forgive me, amen, because I don't settle for halfway services, and I don't settle for halfway camps, and I don't settle for halfway deliverances. I'm going to cry until I get the best service. I'm going to cry until I get the best camp. I'm going to cry until the prodigals come home. I'm going to cry until my body is changed. I'm going to cry until our sick is healed. I'm going to cry until our bound is delivered. I didn't come here for a bad service. Brother Bram said that goes for children also. Cry, see? Cry out. God wants you to cry. My God wants you to cry. Brother Andrew, we need God on the scene. Can I tell you how you're not going to bring him? Is by intellectual speeches. Can I tell you how he's not going to show up? Is by human efforts. But the problem God said, when you begin to cry like a baby, God comes on the scene. He said, you know what he cries? He cries until the promised word is vindicated. Then you got it and you don't have to worry no more. He said, cry for your needs. Cry for your needs. See, have we, have we got so formal we can't even cry out no more? Cry for your needs. God, I need you. God, I need a revelation. God, I need an answer. God, I need a direction. God, I need a vision. God, I need a breakthrough. God, I need a miracle. See, that's your need. And as you begin to cry on God, you begin to pull Him right into the middle of the... You begin to pull Him right into the middle of the problem, and He becomes the answer. Brother Bram said it very beautiful. He said when that baby wants something, he starts crying. Y'all know what that baby does? That baby cries, and as that baby's crying... He's pulling on the heart of that mama. Because that mama's not going to reject that cry. 
when that baby begins to cry, Brother Tommy, and that mama hears that cry, that baby is going to pull that mama. Are y'all hearing me? That baby can't get up and go over there and get a hold of mom and say, come with me. I want a bottle. Come with me. I want to I wanna play. Amen. I'm not trying to make it easy. That baby can't do that. But that mama can be over there. And that baby can be over here. And that baby starts crying. And that baby starts putting force. Amen. By his cry on the heart of that mama. And that mama will leave where she's at. And that mama will come walking. She, uh, that daddy rather. That daddy will come walking. Amen. Right over to where that baby is. Are you all hearing me? Amen. I can't physically. Brother Tom, I can't physically get on a ladder and climb into the seventh dimension and get a hold of my father and pull him here. But I can begin to cry. And when I begin to cry, my cry will go up like Israel's cry. And it will wrap its hand around the heart of my father. And he'll come on the scene and he'll manifest himself according to his word. Now... Y'all forgive me, I'm just a spitting, slobbering, sweating preacher that believes in crying. I believe in crying. Now, in the Bible, Prophet God said, look, he said, God's provided a way for his people is always take his word, okay, and hold on to it until it's vindicated to you. Now, do you follow me? God, a provided way, hold on to the promise until it's made manifest to you. Can I say this? In Judges 3, the Bible said that Israel cried unto the Lord, and the Lord raised up a deliverer. In Judges chapter 6, the Bible says, when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel. Brother Bram said, the God of heaven, who had all the prophets to speak of the coming of the Lord Jesus, when he come, he fulfilled every prophecy. Many of them was fulfilled at the cross, wounded for our transgression. What David said, my God has now forsaken me. Are you ready for this? But when God sends a prophet, a prophet speaks. When God sends a prophet, a prophet speaks. And God makes that truth. Are you hearing me? When God sends a prophet, that prophet speaks. And what that prophet says, God makes it the truth. If it's God, there's where he said to know them. If they spoke and what they said come to pass, then believe them, for I am with them. But if it doesn't, then they're not. They're false prophets. He said, but to mark them, amen, is see whether it come to pass. Now look, if God, who spoke in the holy prophets, talked about the coming of the Messiah to the glory and honor of God. If I, Now can I tell you what a prophet taught on this subject? He said, if I know who would be president next fall and would tell it that would be prophecy that's right but God doesn't prophesy like that can we say amen brother I'm tall fat oh just to be playing God does something to glorify him so when God sends a prophet and that prophet prophesies and that prophet speaks and God makes what he says truth it becomes prophetic word over a generation and those who receive it 
Come on, church. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. If you want to free the church, say what a vindicated prophet has already said about the church. And he said, you never done it in the first place. And he said that you was in the back part of God's mind. And he said there was a seed in your soul from before the foundation of the world. Come on, let's just get back to saying what a prophet said. Now, I'm going to say it like David said. He said, this poor man cried. This poor man cried unto the Lord, and he heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. You know what that word cry means? It means to call out. It means to recite. It means to read. It means to cry out what's been read and to proclaim. Can I preach, Murphy? In uh, please, I'm trying. In other words, Israel read what the vision said. They read it and they begin to recite it. And the Bible says that God remembered his covenant. Come on, church. What they were quoting back to God was the covenant that he had raised up and spoke to them through a prophet. In other words, they were not vain babbling back to God. They were not saying, oh, God, oh, God, help us, Lord, deliver us, Lord. No, they had a prophetic word. And the word came to Abraham and said, your seed will sojourn in a strange land for 400 years. But after the 400 years is up, I will deliver you and I will bring you you out with great substance and Israel begin to read the books and they begin to listen to the tapes and their cry become what was cried on that seventh seal what was cried on that third exodus what was cried in the future home what was cried in modern events what was cried in the rapture what was cried in the church ages come on church oh God have mercy our cry is not a noise it's a message Our cry is not a sound, it's a message. Hallelujah. It's not a bunch of tears, Brother Jack. It's a message. And you know what this message is? It's reminding God of His Word. Now, I'm about out of time, but can I preach? Can I preach to you? Prophet God said the Spirit, the prophet, and the bride will all be saying the same thing. Can I have some liberty, Brother Tom? Well, how are we going to say the same thing, preacher? I'm going to fix it for you tonight. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Go listen to a tape and say it. Come on, church. Don't get quiet on me. Go listen to a tape and then go say it. Don't change it. Don't add to it. Don't try to interpret it. Just say what a prophet said. Well, glory to God. Hallelujah. Come on, church. I think it's time to get back to studying the message again. Now, I know what I'm talking about. Brother Tom, I'm going to get in trouble. Sure as the world. It's going to go all over YouTube. Are you ready for this? I'm going to teach y'all how to prophesy. You ready? Anybody want to prophesy? Anybody want to prophesy? Three of you. Anybody want to prophesy? Anybody want to prophesy? Okay, I'm going to teach you how. You ready? It's all over the Internet already. I'm going to teach you how to prophesy. You ready for this? Here's how to do it. Go listen to a tape and then go say what a prophet said. Is that okay? 
No, don't go out in some unknown dimension and let some devil influence what you're saying. Go hear the voice of the seventh angel. That is not a stinkling cymbal. And it's not a sounding brass. It's a voice of deliverance. It's a voice of liberation. It's a voice of authority. And if you'll hear what he said and begin to speak it over your life and speak it over your home and speak it over your church and speak it over your family and speak it over your future, speak it over your marriage, speak it over your youth group, the devil will have to give way. It's a word of liberation. Hallelujah. It's a word of liberation. It's a liberating message. That'll tear down the hounds of hell. I'm not a crazy man. I'm under the force of Revelation 10. And thou must prophesy again. See what he said. I think that devil got out of here. Speak it. Don't just hear it. Cry it. Plead the promise. Come on, church. Plead the promise. Well, Brother Andrew, I'm a poor man. Well, this poor man cried. You know what, Sister Ella? God didn't hear his poverty. God heard his cry. Because what he was crying was not poverty stricken. What he was crying, he was reciting back to God his own word. Now, if you want me to keep on going, I'll preach to you for a second. Because Mark, the 10th chapter, says there was a poor, blind beggar. And his name was Bartimaeus. And he sat by the highway side begging. Prophet of God said, amen, he was so poor... He said that he asked God if he healed his wife and healed his baby, he would give him his two turtle doves and give him his lambs. Brother Bram said, but Bartimaeus, I love this. He said, but Bartimaeus, amen, began to think a new thought. So he began to think a new thought. And the Bible said he began to cry out. Can I tell you what he was not crying out? He was not crying out, I'm a beggar. He was not crying out, poor pitiful me. If it wasn't for bad luck, I wouldn't have no luck at all. But brother, his cry began to come from a revelation. And the revelation was that the Jehovah of the old... It's a direct quote. He said the Jehovah of the old, he said he knew that that Jehovah was now veiled in this Jesus. And he said if he ever passed by Tommy, he said and he could get a hold of him, he knew he would be healed. Brother said, now watch. He said he went to church every Sunday to the temple. And you know what they taught him? They taught him Jehovah don't perform miracles anymore. But can I say this? They could not take away what God had deposited into his heart by the super supernatural that he experienced as a child from the stories that his mother told him. Brother said one day Bartimaeus began to hear some noise because you know, Brother Jack, wherever Jesus is, there's a whole lot of noise, right, Brother John? Wherever Jesus is, there's a whole lot of noise. And Bartimaeus began, glory to God, 
I'm getting far out there right now. Bartimaeus began to remember that where Jesus is, there's a lot of noise. He said, now watch. When Jesus, Jehovah, when he comes among the crowd, he always causes a stir. So Brother Bram said what they done was they formed a committee. They formed a committee to stop the nonsense of crying when Jesus come to town. He said, but now watch. As Bartimaeus sat there, he said, all of a sudden, he asked someone, I can't see, can you tell me who's passing by? And they said, oh, it's Jesus of Nazareth. He said, Jesus of Nazareth. Brother Bram said automatically it set in on him. That's the Jehovah that fed Israel in the wilderness. That's the Jehovah that opened the Red Sea. You mean he is here? You mean he's here? Brother Bram said all of a sudden the reality, amen, set in on Bartimaeus. He's passing by. Testing one, two, it's still working. The reality set in, he's passing by. He said, now watch. He knew that among thousands of voices, there was screaming this poor, old, spindly, ragged beggar way over the side of the gate. Jesus could not hurt his voice, but he had a sincere heart. Are you ready for this? He had the same thing in him that the woman had when she touched the hem of his garment. He said, that's the kind of touch Jesus wants to feel from this church tonight is not our voice, amen, but our faith. Come on, church. This message didn't come, amen, to give us a new voice. It come to give us a faith, amen, to receive the voice of the seventh angel, which is the mouthpiece of God to this generation, and we would be saying the same thing. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, when I think about this, I'm closing. The prophet of God said, if that blind beggar's faith Amen. Stopped him on the road to Calvary. Are y'all ready for this? Amen. Jesus, Brother Michael, was on his way to Calvary. Brother Bram said, and Bartimaeus got a hold of him. When, when he healed Bartimaeus, the side had not been riven and the back had not been... <laughs> God, I wish I was a preacher right now. The side had not been wounded and the back had not been strapped by a cat of nine tails. Amen. But he stopped and he turned to Bartimaeus. Amen. And oh God. And before the atonement, he said, Thou son, rise. Thy faith has saved thee. Come on, church. Do you realize tonight you're not pulling on him on his way to Calvary? Hello, somebody. You're not pulling on him. Brother Jonathan, you're not pulling on him on his way to Calvary. You're not pulling on him on his way to the grave. You're not pulling on him on his way to the, to the pits of hell. You're pulling on him as the resurrected Lord Jesus. Come on, church. The one that's in this building, the blood has come from his back and it's come from his side. And Brother Murphy, it's met at his feet. And there's a miracle in this room. There's a healing in this room. (sighs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You say, preacher, how can you say that? Amen. Because God has sent his spirit. Amen. To stimulate our faith. To bring us to a realization of his presence. I don't have the time, I run out of time to teach it. Bartimaeus recognized by faith his presence. God have mercy. By faith, oh God, by faith, Thomas, he couldn't see him. He could only believe him. And by believing him, his faith declared Jehovah 
is in Jesus. And he's here. He's here. I said he's here. You say, Brother Andrew, I don't feel him. I don't care. He's here. Brother Andrew, I don't see him. I don't care. He's here. Brother Andrew, I can't touch him. I don't care. He's here. Are you hearing me? I'm prophesying what I heard a prophet say. And he said, my ministry is to declare him. Let me comfort you with these words. 1964. He is here. He's here. He's in this meeting. He's in this building. Brother Matt, I may not feel him, but he's here. I may not sense him, but he's here. You know how I know he's here? Because my faith declares. Oh, God, y'all are pulling on me, and I'm trying to close. Can I tell you what a prophet said? He said, Lord, send your spirit. Give people faith. Sometimes it startles them. It wakes them up. Because they're sleeping in church. Startles them. Father, they can't realize that the presence, this great thing, the Jehovah of the Old Testament, the Jesus of the New, the Holy Spirit of this day. Oh God, Cloverdale. The Jehovah of the Old. The Jesus of the New Testament. The Holy Spirit of this day is standing here tonight to make good any promise He has made. Well, you know what I do? I fire that committee that tries to quieten down the cry of Bartimaeus. I fire that bunch of backslidden devils that tries to shut down the reciting of the message of the hour. I fire them bunch of devils that tries to quieten us from proclaiming what a prophet has spoken. It's become the truth, church. I pray... You'll wake up the people to the realization of their standing in your presence. Lord, we would pray. I'm prophesying over you right now. Lord, we... Devil didn't like that. Lord, we would pray also for these who are sick and afflicted in this hour that something might be done that would so shock this people to an understanding of the realization of the presence of Jesus Christ that their hearts might be opened. Come on, church. Do you, oh, God. Do you know why he's doing this? He wants to open your heart. What good does it do to have a camp with a closed heart? The word is the discerner of the faults. And the intents of the heart. This is what a prophet said. Oh, God, wake them while there's time they can wake. Ready for this one? Can you give me that picture, please? Is it up there? Do you see what I see? I see William Marion Branham. But I don't stop there. A lot of people's offended at this picture because as high as their thinking is gone is to a man. But my Bible said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So I have received the mind of Christ, and my thinking has been elevated above William Branham's head to the pillar of fire. It's a picture of the pillar of fire. 
Prophet of God said these words, let the people cry out and may the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud move into the people today and sober them, Lord, to the realization of the presence of the living and mighty God. May the manifestation of the living God be brought into the presence of the people as it has been this afternoon. Now, are you ready for this? And may the people receive it. Can you look at your neighbor and help me preach tonight and say receive it? Some of y'all still looking at me. Look at somebody else. Receive it. Brother Tom, let the people cry out. And as they cry out, let the pillar of fire move into them and sober them to the realization he's here. Friends, I don't believe that pillar of fire is just in the picture. I believe it's in this building. I believe it's in this building. I believe it's in your flesh. I believe it's on this platform. I believe it's on this campground. I believe it's here as the spirit of truth to influence this meeting. I believe it's here as the God revelation to influence your faith. I believe we are under the influence of the return of the pillar of fire in this generation. Come on, sis, what's influencing you right now? It's not a preacher. It's the pillar of fire. Thomas, what's influencing you? It's not a preacher. It's the pillar of fire. Sister Ella, what's been influencing you for years? Amen to believe this word. It's the pillar of fire. Brother John, what's moving on you? What's in your heart, church? Brother Tom, what's in you? Brother Michael, what's influencing you? Brother Murphy, what's moving you? Brother Matt, what is it? It's the influence of the return of the pillar of fire. Hallelujah. I'm about to explode up here. Are you hearing me? What is it, young man? It's the pillar of fire. Now, either I say what a prophet said or not. So can I say it? Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst. I close on this point. You see that picture? He's not in a grave. Oh, yes, he is, Brother Andrew. No, 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 no. The pillar of fire is not in a grave. Neither is it on a cross. Neither is it in a picture. Can I go ahead and say it? And neither is it in a filing cabinet in Washington, D.C. It's right here in this building tonight. And it's not here as an onlooker. It's whirling across this building. It's opening up hearts on the first night. It's moving into secret lives. It's moving into secret places. Come on, church. You know what that pillar of fire did? That pillar of fire, amen, accompanied Moses when he went into Egypt to deliver Israel. And the same pillar of fire. Come on, the prophet of God said, may the word of liberation come into this building. And may they say, if you liberated somebody else, then you can liberate me. And may the word of liberation, may the pillar of fire go into dark places tonight. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost, go in the dark places tonight and hear the cry of your believing children and deliver them. Deliver them. Come on, church. You ain't pulling on me. You're pulling on the pillar of fire. You ain't pulling on a preacher. You're pulling on God.
And as you pull, you draw your desires. Now, Brother Tom, I am under divine obligation by the Holy Ghost wherever I get a pulpit to declare, to cry, to recite, to proclaim this message. We're looking for you tonight to come into our gathering here and to make yourself known to us and to increase our faith, to forgive our sins and heal our sickness. Remember what we're here for is to try to increase your faith in his presence. That you might receive that which you ask for. We're working another place for this one purpose. For you to recognize the presence of Jesus Christ. If he is present, everything is settled. In thy presence is the fullness of joy. Now... Oh, God, I'm way out of time. Y'all forgive me. The greatest pleasure I know of is to be able to pray until I can realize I'm in the presence of God and recognize it. That ought to be the thrill of the church is the presence of the Holy Spirit. Seeing the God that made the promise standing among us Feel his presence. See his word. See it vindicated. Are you ready for this? And it. Well, let's identify the it. The word of liberation will give faith to make cripples walk, the blind see, the deaf hear, the dumb speak. Let me prove it to you. Durban, South Africa, racetrack, 1964. Brother Bram says 25,000 people seen one manifestation of the Messiah sign and was instantly healed at once. They'd taken seven van loads, trucks as long as from here to six and 18 wheelers like that, and piled them full of old crutches and things, heathens that didn't even know which was right and left hand. And the next day, the mayor, Mr. Sidney Smith, the mayor of Durban, called me and said, go to your window and out towards the Indian Ocean and you'll see something you've never seen. And there was the police escort coming down with seven of those big van loads with the hundreds of people walking behind it. Are y'all, are y'all hearing me? The day before, they was in it. Testing, one, two, it's still working. They were walking behind it and the day before they was in the stretchers, they was in the cots, they was on the carriers, and they are walking behind it singing, only believe all things are possible. A week before, they were in war with one another, a native war, and there they was walking arm in arm, hand in hand. Oh God, are you hearing me? What settled the war? What brought them out of the cots? What got them out of the wheelchairs? He said they recognized that the God of heaven had appeared before them in the form of his word well I say to you tonight that same God of heaven has come right in here come on church a week ago some of you all was in shackles a week ago some of you all was in depression a week ago some of you all was in confusion but the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ is here house of hell give way to the liberating word and now begin to praise him begin to praise him begin to worship him Begin to worship him. He's here. He's here. He's here. Let our musicians come tonight. The liberating word. 
The liberating word is in this building tonight. Brother Murphy, can I borrow you for a second? Come here. So here you are, and no offense, but you're a critic, okay? And here I am, and we're standing here in South Africa, okay? And all of a sudden, we look up, and here comes a a parade of trucks, and they're coming down, and you're telling me, oh, that's just a random meeting, you know, that's just, there ain't nothing to that. You're telling me, you know what? I heard on the news that there was 25,000 people healed. I heard on the news that there, there were people in cots and stretchers and crutches and everything. And, and that truck goes by. And all of a sudden, I look at you and I say, well, I believe it. And you say, why do you believe it? And I say, because I was in that cot right there going down the road. But now I'm standing here as a direct manifestation of the word of liberation. That ministry liberated me from the cot. That ministry liberated me from the stretcher. Well, I'm going to say it or I'm going to bust. You will never shut me up. You will never intimidate me. The ministry of the seventh angel has liberated me from sin. It has liberated me from unbelief. It has liberated me from confusion. It has liberated me from man's ideas. I have been liberated by the word of truth that a prophet has spoke over this generation. I refuse. I refuse. I refuse. I refuse. I refuse to go back under bondage. I refuse to go back under man's ideas. I refuse it. I defy that devil in the name of Jesus Christ who the word has made free is liberated. And all the king's men and all the king's horses will never bring Andrew Glover under that bondage again. I have been liberated. Well, what about you? I said, what about you? He's here. He's here. Take it up with Michael. He said, preach. When he is not recognized, his power is always not revealed. When he is not recognized. The woman with the issue of blood, she recognized whose presence she was in. And brother, she released. Are y'all hearing me? They pulled their desires out of him. She pulled by recognizing and released his power to heal her. Brother Brim said, if God appears, he appears on purpose. If we could only realize, will you all take this in your heart for this weekend? We can only realize he's appearing to us in these meetings for one purpose. That's to release our desires that we have in him to us. But we got to recognize his presence. Now how you recognize, oh glory to God. How you recognize his presence 
is when the promised word for this age is made manifest. Jairus recognized his presence and released his resurrection power. Now, he got invited to Simon's house one day. If you'll stand to your feet with us tonight. He got invited to Simon's house one day. And he's sitting there in the corner. And he's sitting there with dirty feet. He's literally sitting there in the corner. And nobody's paying attention to him. Now, every house, they had a foot wash funky. They had somebody at the door to wash the feet. Prophet of God said, somehow, Jesus, he got by the foot wash flunky and made his way to the corner. Can I tell you what I believe? I believe that God blinded that foot wash flunky to let Jesus walk into that house. Because if he would have washed his feet, he would have robbed the woman of the opportunity to recognize who he was. So, Brother Gab, he goes over. And he sits down, and a woman walks in, and the prophet of God said he looked at her, and she looked at him, and began to wash his feet. And he said, Simon, I have something against you. And he spoke to him. But then Brother Tommy turns to her, and she begins to think, now I have done wrong. I have done wrong. And I say unto you, her sins, which are many, are all forgiven. Go in peace. What was it? She recognized her opportunity. She did it. She did him a service. The Pharisees didn't do it. She saw it. And she recognized his presence. And what did it do? It washed. His presence washed. What did it do? It released her forgiveness. Released to her forgiveness of her sins. What did it also do? It also released the power of God to show to them unbelievers he was a prophet. He knowed who she was. It also released joy and power and eternal life. It released that. In other words, when she recognized who he was, her filth went on him. And his righteousness came over on her. So in other words, she came to winter camp one way. But she recognized his presence. And she put all of her life on him. And he put all of his life on her. And she was liberated from a harlotry reputation. She was liberated from unforgiveness. Friends, that same God's in this building tonight. He's here with dirty feet. Who's going to wash him? He's here with dirty feet. Who's going to wash him? Let's bow our hearts together tonight. Maybe you just play something softly. He's here tonight. He's here. He's here tonight. God bless you, young man. God bless you. He's here tonight. I believe it, friends. I I believe he's in this building tonight. I believe the word of liberation is in the building. Anybody here tonight say, Lord, I'm ready to be liberated. Lord, I'm ready to be liberated. I've been bound long enough. I've been under confusion long enough. I haven't known which way to turn, which way to look, who to follow, what to believe, what to go, 
what direction to walk, what path to take. God bless you, sis, tonight. God bless you there. God bless you, young sis. He's here tonight. He's here in this building tonight in the power of His resurrection. His blood has met from His back and the water from His side, the blood, and has met at His feet. And He's in this building tonight as the atoner to offer you that atonement. Hallelujah. He's here tonight to release healing to the woman with the issue of blood. He's here tonight to release deliverance to the to the woman, the ill-famed woman washing his feet. He's here tonight to offer resurrection. Jairus, he's here tonight. Brother Bram said the only reason they wouldn't recognize him was popular opinion had been raised up above his presence. And so they were more concerned with popular opinion than they were with recognizing vindicated word. But you say here tonight, Lord, I don't care about popular opinion. There'll be one here tonight say, I don't care about what they think about this word. I don't care about what they teach about this word. I don't care what they say about this message. It's the cry. It's the pull of God. It's the proclamation of a message. I'm going to cry out tonight. Maybe somebody here tonight needs to cry out. You need to recite that word over your life. You need to prophesy that word over your life. You need to take what a vindicated prophet has said about you and speak it over your life tonight. That's it tonight. He's in this building. This altar is open. Some have already come. I believe the God of the Old Testament, the God of the New Testament, I believe He's right here in this building tonight. I believe He's brooding over this congregation. I believe the pillar of fire is right here in this building tonight, moving into hearts and moving into lives. He's sobering thoughts. He's sobering lives. I believe there's some people here tonight that the war is over. Just as South Africa was in that native war, but the manifestation of the Messiah sign, the revelation of the word breaking, the vindication, the manifested word in that country, emptied 25,000 cots and stretchers, instantly healed, stopped a war. I believe if we can recognize this word tonight as the God of heaven appearing in word form, I believe it will bring a victory to every war in this building tonight. I believe it will bring a healing to every sickness in this building tonight. How many say, I recognize you, Lord? How many say, tonight I'm turning away from my problems? I'm turning away from the situations. I'm looking away from the confusions. I'm looking away from all the negative thoughts. I'm looking away from all the unbelief. I'm looking away from all the confusion. I'm going to look away to Jesus tonight. I'm going to look at the message again. How many say on this first night, Lord, single my eye back on the message? I'm going to look back at what a prophet taught. I'm going to look back at what's been vindicated by the visible appearance of the pillar of fire. I'm going to look back at what the angels backed and what God backed in this generation. I need a miracle in my life. 
I need a miracle in my family. I'm going to look away to Jesus tonight. Heavenly Father, Lord, all across this building tonight, Lord, I see a gyrus. I see a woman with the issue of blood. I see a woman, Lord, that washed your feet, oh God. Lord, I see those here tonight, dear God, by your word. That, Lord, they're looking away to you. And they're recognizing your presence. And, Lord, as they're recognizing your presence, they are releasing their desires. Father, I invite you to come in this building on this first night, Lord. Father, I bind every committee that's tried to quieten the cry of God down. I bind that committee and I fire them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I fire every devil. I fire every spirit. I fire every evil voice from the pits of hell that's tried to dampen the proclamation of the message of the hour out of this generation. I bind those voices in the name of Jesus Christ. And I call for the liberty of the pillar of fire to sober this congregation, Lord. And Father, if there be one out of step, if there be one not saying what a prophet said, if there be one speaking something different over their life than what this message is prophesied, I rebuke that spirit of false prophecy in the name of Jesus Christ. I call it out in the name of Jesus. Thou demon of negativity that's tried to prophesy over the church, I rebuke you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thou demon of fear. Thou demon of unbelief. Thou demon of condemnation. Thou demon of guilt that's prophesied false prophecies over this bride. I bind your voice in the name of Jesus. And I say what a prophet said because God, you made it the truth when he spoke it. I say you are the sin spotless virtuous bride of Jesus Christ I say you are the elected of God I say you are an invincible army I say you are Messiahs hallelujah recognize his presence hallelujah 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 he's here tonight Oh, call out to him tonight. Cry out to him tonight. He's in the building tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Won't you just close your eyes tonight? Forget about who's around you. Forget about what you're going to do after service. Just raise your hands in His presence. Let the pillar of fire deal with your heart. Let the spirit of truth, let it find a place of influence in your life. Hallelujah. That's it tonight. 
entertain the message once again. Entertain the spirit of truth once again. Entertain what a prophet's taught once again. Entertain it tonight, young people. Entertain it as your compass. Entertain it as the absolute. Entertain it as the ultimatum. Entertain it as the ultimate. Entertain it as supreme authority. Hallelujah. tonight is is playing out in scripture how we heard the beginning of the service we heard about a rich young ruler 
at the opening of the service who was having the, the, the living God Messiah walking in front of him and he searched and he desired, but he didn't recognize who was in his midst. But then we heard in the evening service tonight and brother with Brother Andrew that there was a little man there was a blind Bartimaeus, there was a little widow or a little one that had a, had a blood issue. And they, the difference between the two, both had a desire, both wanted to receive from Christ, but one couldn't recognize and one could. But what is happening tonight is some of you that have actually been freed You've been freed in past times in different camps. You've been released. And what's happened is some demon has actually tried to wander you back into the jail cell that you've been delivered from. And I'm saying tonight God is here showing you that the barn, the door of that cell, the lock has been broken. And you need to walk out of it. Some depression spirit some anxiety spirit, some social media spirit, some boy or girl spirit, something they're trying to get in a relationship spirit, and he's trying to walk you into a doorway, trying to walk you back into his jail cell, but God the liberator, he's already broken the lock, you need to go back and say, he freed me there, he liberated me there, and you need to push the door open because it's not even locked no more. But I wonder if we just need to do the calling a little bit more. The cry. I can imagine that Egypt, as the, as the Israelites were there and in bondage and in despondency, that it wasn't a cry that was in, in just a, a little timid little thing. They were under so much desperation that they cried and they cried and they called out and they're burdened in prayers but her Brandon would talk about Amram and Jochebed and Amram would burden and, and go up into his little attic there and pray are we not willing maybe tonight just to cry out a little bit or are we just so stony just got to a place where nothing even affects us no more I prayed before the, God knows my very heart I prayed at the prayer meeting at the family prayer meeting on Monday and the words that uttered out of my lip was say Lord make the pillar of fire may it be so present in our camp and then a preacher comes on the first service and preaches the last third of a service on the pillar of fire is present right here I said oh God what are you wanting to do right now in our midst but don't let it be a preacher here that just preaches heart out trying to labor on what God is trying to tell you or a preacher here trying to close on the end of a service. I just pray, oh God, let the people cry out. We got somebody here that's needing to be liberated. You cry out for them. You say, I'm just perfect. I'm good, Brother Michael. Then cry out for them. God, that we could be all, the, every one of us here, I don't care our condition, somebody, as I said at a prayer meeting a few weeks ago, everybody has a need. Everybody has something on their heart that's weighing heavy. Everybody, you can't, you can't tell me, I'm just closing my eyes, not one of you here can tell me you don't have a need tonight. But maybe just bow your head tonight and start to call upon the one that's here, just desiring to meet your need. Brother Andrew was speaking there and I just in my mind I, had a, I just could see as if you would go into a jail cell 
And there was, there's a cell after cell after cell, and you'd walk down. And there's prisoners in each cell, and they would be shaking the bars as the one with the keys would walk down, and they would be shouting out, let us go. We, we don't need to. We don't want to be in here. Free me. Free me. And the one that would walk by, and he'd just look inside the cell, and he'd walk on by. But I thought there is Jesus Christ. As Brother Andrew said, he there, the blood. We're not calling on a God that hadn't gone to Calvary yet. But a God that's present here is because he's already been resurrected and he's stripped the keys of death and hell from Satan's Satan's own side. He jerked it off so hard and shook the doorposts of hell. And he's walking down the cell tonight. And he's walking down the hallway of your prison bar. And I would say if you were just calling, I would say, oh, Jesus, oh, Lamb of God, free me from my cell. And he's walking through, through hell's prison and dungeon right now. And maybe you need a rattle and say, hey, Lord, me, I'm in the jail right now. I'm locked by depression. I'm locked by this infirmity. And God, I can just see him take the keys and hold them right in and say, I've just done want it. I just done stripped him from Satan. And that door, that little key just start to click in each little door. Swing it open. Click it in this little door of your heart and swing it open, Paul. Camden, lock the, unlock the door of your heart and swing it open. And door by door by door, every single one of you can walk out of this camp with a jail cell free, a door wide open, and you're liberated. There's not no reason why every one of us couldn't shout the praises and glory and say, I'm free. I'm free. I'm free from this bondage. I'm free from I'm, I'm, this, this feeling of being locked inside and I can't raise my voice and I can't worship him. And somebody's beside me. I feel so, so, so succumb. No, I'm free. That we could be like Exodus. As when they went out of Egypt after that Passover night oh my I can tell you I'm no longer a slave brother Ryan they could sing this song after their memories could go back and they could remember the whips as the Egyptians say get to work work for my kingdom raise up my place and they could say no no I'm no longer a slave I'm no longer under the hand of oppression. I'm no longer under the hand of depression. I'm no longer under pornography. I'm no longer under gaming. I'm no longer under entertainment. I'm no longer under the music demon that has put my face in the mud of hell. Not no more, devil. Because my God heard my cry. I want to sing that, Brother Ryan. I'm no longer a slave. You know the song? You have covered me with a melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone. I would encourage you tonight. Some here, some there. Don't miss your opportunity. I would want everybody. Do you know how lame it would be if there was one person or two people they're back in Egypt still under the bondage and they're one one Egyptian and a few of these Israelites there and they didn't recognize or take and, and still in slavery as the rest were walking out free 
Wouldn't that be an insane picture? Say, you're free. What are you doing staying behind? It wouldn't, it wouldn't even, it, it would be preposterous. And the same would be in this service tonight as Jesus Christ is in our midst. And those are different ones are being freed and liberated by the Holy Spirit. And someone just standing there and still locked. Not here, not tonight. That's not what God came to do. He came to liberate you and I. Well, you have covered me with a melody. You surround me with with a song. Oh, and a deliverance. Oh, from my Sing this now. Well, I'm no longer slave to fear. I am a child of God. Oh, I'm no longer slave to fear. Oh, and I am a child of God. Somebody that's been locked up can rec- can really appreciate the freedom, right? If someone's never been locked up, it's like, well, I can't really relate. But if you have ever been locked up, you say, well, I've never been behind bars. When have you been behind bars? You served thirty-year sentence in, in behind bars? No, no. But spiritually, every single one of us were behind bars. You know what, though, with the problem with growing up in the message, it just is like, well, I'm good. And it does, and until you actually come to the revelation that you are a wretched sinner and without Christ, and you are behind bars, the devil just runs you along like you're just okay. 
Growing up in that message church, you're not really behind bars. You know, you live a good life. You're a good kid. You do, you, you know, I've served all his commandments. I've done exactly what the word said. I followed it exactly. And he gives you this false sense of security that you're not behind bars at all. You're just totally free. And really, you are behind bars. And he's just put wallpaper all around them. And you're living in a world thinking you're good. But you need to tear the wallpaper off. And you're going to find one day, I've been locked in here. And there's no way out. But Christ has come to liberate you. I deny that demon that would try to, to, to pervert a generation that God has put on this world. You say, well, I've grown up in the message. That, and that becomes such a negative connotation. That is not a negative connotation. Amen. That's a strength to the people, to the young people. So I've grown up under the word, under the ministry of the Son of Man, who's coming this day to reveal the pure word. Oh, man, I don't want to take that as some excuse or something that some devil put you at you. Well, you've just been raised in the message. You bet I have. Amen. I've been given the word in this hour to be victorious, to be liberated, to be an overcomer. <laughs> Throw it back in the devil's face. He say, yeah, I have been raised in this message, and you haven't got me. Don't you swallow that pure garbage from the devil. I'm done swallowing that. I'm done hearing that at youth camps. I'm done hearing that from generations that are raised up in the message. Walk out of here with confidence because that's who you are. Problem is, is what people do is they coin the message. It becomes a denominational term. I'm in the message. No, I'm in Christ. I've been raised up in Christ. I've been raised up under the angel, the other angel, who's coming this day to reveal and open my eyes to the pure word. That's what I've been raised up in. <laughs> Maybe today, when you were talking about the, the, the loads of trucks, Brother Andrew, and yesterday they were in a stretcher. Today somebody was in a stretcher. Today somebody was crutched, really walking and limping their way. Maybe spiritually, blinded spiritually, some different way. Maybe you're sick in your body. Somebody, they were, they were there in that day. But tomorrow, what's your testimony tomorrow now? You're going to be behind the truckload tomorrow. You're going to walk the campground tomorrow. You're going to say, you know what? How do I know this message is real? Because we heard what Andrew said. Because I've been delivered. Tomorrow's your day to testify of your liberty devil's going to come tomorrow and he's going to say really do you believe that and you're going to say yes because he liberated me there's just no reason no reason for us to be bound for us to be some demon to put you in a cell with a broken lock and some of you are really pressing through it right now I don't really care the time. It's 9 o'clock. 
just don't care. Because if I, I, I believe and I've recognized, I'm saying it, I have recognized He's in our midst tonight. So, you know, if Jesus was in, in your midst, is in your midst, I wouldn't be, well, I got to get to dinner. Somebody was there. Were they walking? Is the, oh, the man from Galilee is here. Is he? Oh, I've got a dinner appointment in 30 minutes. That man from Galilee is right here. I don't have no dinner appointment. The only appointment I have is maybe at the feet of Jesus here at an altar or in my seat tonight. I want to sing the song, Stay. That's really actually the real cry of my heart tonight is, Lord, just stay. I know what it's like to be in the presence of the Lord and not know what time it is because time stood still. I'm just praying with all my heart that that's the moment right here for you right now. And then we can just say, Lord, just stay. Just stay a little bit longer. And allow his presence just to start to brood. Because he's just starting to tell you, I've freed you. I've come to liberate you. Because we need to speak his word. Brother, Brother Andrew said to prophesy. Speak the word back. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord hath appointed me to preach good tidings to, to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. That's his word. And the opening of the prison to them that are bound. I'm speaking his word. I'm saying, Lord, that's what you said. You said you are going to break the prison bars. You said you're going to set at liberty the captive, and here I am. You said it. Amen. And I believe it. Maybe you need to cry now and sing the song to him. I know what it's like to be the presence of the Lord. And not know what time it is. Because time stood still. Bodies were here. Hallelujah. And families are restored. Because we stayed here in the presence of. had to say a word couldn't even make a sound I'd give up everything for this treasure I found Stay. 
said when you when you come something good happens Lord I want something good to happen in my heart Lord please stay a little while don't don't go away I want to be like those on Emmaus I want to constrain you don't go don't don't leave Lord I know that you were you were you didn't have a full intention to go you just wanted to see their constraining their Cleopas and his friend and Lord I, I believe you just wanted to see them call back call to you and say no no just stay a little bit longer lord you had full intention to stay a little longer but lord you want to see that yearning that cry that we heard tonight heavenly father we're crying out to you saying lord stay a little longer here this little tent here this little chapel at bible way camp lord some soul is is still there and maybe in the balance there, there's one that's Lord just needing to press through a little bit maybe the, Lord their cry would be at this very moment please stay my heart is burning Lord our heart is craving I don't even know how to express it but as I said to one young man this, this afternoon maybe you need to do something unusual maybe you need to do something a little different as brother Tom said do something different Oh, God, please stay. Because we want more, Lord. I want more. I want more. 
us could be like we'd be that little woman that washed your feet, Lord. I can imagine that everything else faded from her thought. And all that mattered was your feet. Because she was in the presence of the Lord. Lord, and tonight your Holy Spirit is so tenderly cooing over this little room, this body of young people. Lord, I don't want to disturb it in any way. The prophet said, you're a gentleman, Lord, your spirit. You would say, just don't move. Just be real reverent. Lord, I don't believe you're finished. I just believe we could just be real reverent tonight. Lord, as you would brood here at the end of this service. Lord, we're not going to close. We're just going to now set ourselves aside here in this little atmosphere. Lord, a body could be healed. A family could be restored. Lives could be changed in the presence of the Lord. Lord, have your way now in this after service where we commit the this remainder to you now as we just linger. Lord, may you unction whatever you do, Lord, whatever you speak. I pray each one would heed your, your call, heed your call as you continue to brood upon this little room, Lord, I pray. In Jesus Christ's name. presence of